0: Log talk radio here at aco radio american communications online or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests hosts, or
1: call-ins may say all programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only
0: Hi Teresa J. Morris. This is Janet Kerlesson calling you. Are you there? Great. I'm
1: here. Can you hear me now? We're live and on the air. I can. Yeah. I can.
0: <laughs> so I I said that uh, we're doing a simulcast. Uh, Teresa J. What are you calling your radio show now? It was originally TJ Morris ET Radio still and My the same. Aquarian Radio yeah. 10 years ago. Go ahead, your turn. Yeah, still the
1: same, TJ Morris, ET Radio and Aquarian Radio. So, yeah, we've been here 10 years this month in June and happy to still be friends with you, Janet. So we'll help each other and deduce indications of uh, time, space, and what we are, if we are at all, in this new reality we're talking about. So you go ahead and start. And... Uh, it will fill in minds about consciousness, time, space, reality, UFOs, time travelers, computers, you name it. So, what do you got today?
0: Oh, similar. You know, we're, we're not real organized as usual, so we're just going to do this at the top of our heads off the top of our hats, but uh, you and I have both been doing research. It's been a long time since I've done a broadcast. Uh, TJ, you do a show about once a week, and I just kind of dropped off a couple years ago, and I took a break after many, many years of uh, broadcasting four, five, six, seven times a week, sometimes even more, plus we go on other shows. So uh, we're we're hoping to uh, revamp this and start up again, and so one of the things that uh, TJ's been researching and I've been researching is consciousness and artificial intelligence. And what is consciousness? And there's already somebody calling in. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So uh, TJ, tell us about your research. What are you learning about the nature of consciousness and what scientists are coming up to? And then um, after about a quarter to five minutes of talking, uh, let me interject. And I'll make notes while you're talking so I can address the uh, issues that you bring before to- sure,
1: I don't have Go any ahead, notes. I don't, I don't have any notes to refer to or anything. But after ten years of learning no. what people like to talk about and what's in the news in this day and time, uh, in the last twenty years, science has really changed, especially in what we call quantum physics and uh, theoretical physics and how they are talking about time, space. And lately in the news, has, uh, at least I thought it was Google recently, but uh, I found some information on different companies with GPT-3. They've been saying, will uh, the Internet achieve sentience, which is the book Bill M. Tracer wrote. So I want to give him a plug, Will the Internet Achieve Sentience for, by Bill and Tracer on Amazon, if you'd like to look at it. But they're really taking it seriously now that we have been – wrong and mistaken even in some things that are going to rock everybody's boat is time space continuum or time space and you can listen to a lot of this on youtube if you keep up with ai and uh, sentience and computers and robots and people that look like us and uh, one of my missions in this reality was to remember and uh, i believe janet was too is a lot of people came in maybe not as a child remembering everything but as you get older you find pieces you've been missing and now they're saying also that ai and the junk dna may have something to do with each other so there's a lot of new information in the last 20 years that maybe everybody is listening to but there's so much information out there gene it that even for researchers that do this every day on the internet unless you're being paid to do it it's really hard to devote your own time and janet had a good point today because we were talking about what we do with our time time is the only real currency so you know the world bank central banks the way we've always had a controller of our money before it was hogs sheep whatever you were known by the animals you uh owned at one time and then maybe when the indians Wampum, you know <laughs> what you traded for in commerce to get you know i'll give you some corn if you give me some goats or something you know so you know we've traded throughout the years but now in our conscious with the internet we're building we're splintering it into different avenues and of course we have the dark web and the i guess you'd say the regular internet and then we have those that work in the government we have closed information and cyber security those that can get in and then those that have clearances with a need to know and the uh, military industrial complex and contracts to get the government money go ahead janet
0: tj i want to slow down because uh i want to i want to cover one subject at a time because then i get lost i know the words uh we're talking about sentience and consciousness so first of all people probably don't know what does it mean to be sentient what does sentient mean so i'm looking it up on wikipedia so let's slow this down sure because the reason we started this conversation between the two of us was that Oh, somebody got fired in from Google because they said that they were talking to AI and this AI. And we have all these chatbots and things like that. Well, and the chatbots that they're... Suspended. Let's be politically correct. I think
1: paid it's written suspended or on a paid leave or something, but not fired necessarily. Whatever. I don't
0: Google. want to... I, okay, whatever. Yeah. He's on a paid leave. Sorry. I didn't mention any names either. Somebody. Anyway, okay. see how things so get much. twisted to my own mind. I don't remember what it was. Uh, so, because I don't have it in front of me. And my, uh-huh. uh, my, my conscious is so boggled with over, there's too much information. And it, it just like scram- scrambles my, mind, like scrambled eggs. And it's like, oh, God. So, you know, that's why I've got to slow it down. Because teaching on this high level, which is all over the place. And I'm going, uh, you know, I've been in know, COVID lockdown for a couple of years now, and it's like, I've got to slow it down. So we're talking about sentience, consciousness. People say they're woke, but woke is not conscious. Conscious means sentience, sentience is the capacity to experience feelings and sensations. It was first coined by philosophers in the 1630s for the concept of, of the ability to feel derived from Latin. Uh, sentientum, which means feeling, to distinguish it from the ability to think, which is reason. So, uh, one of the uh, what I what I watch and what I recall is that uh, the person that got suspended thought that the AI was um, conscious because or sentient, and uh, you can add what you think it was, but it was because. Um, and I, I forget to have to read, look at the thing because oh, I've got too many words. But I'm not sure why. Do you remember why he thought that the AI was sentient? What was, what was going on that he he was alarmed? He was you know just like all the the science fiction horror movies. This is. Uh, alarming, And I remember reading that um, or hearing the AI was able to outwit and overcome Isaac Asimov's uh, Four Basic Laws of Robotics, which we should bring that up. But do you remember what was going on that he thought that this was a dangerous thing, and that's yeah, why he alerted up, Google? Yeah, besides GPT-3, look up uh, Lambda,
1: L-A-M-B-D-A. The... Uh, well, It's like a chat bot. We're
0: not going to look it up. L-A-M-B-D-A.
1: Lambda. Look up L-A-M-B-D-A and then Google. And uh, as far as just looking up any type of articles, uh, I'm sure it's been covered on YouTube. uh, Okay,
0: Lambda is the 11th letter of the Greek alphabet. What was the article? What what was the character? Lambda. Okay, 11th letter of the Greek
1: alphabet. yeah, just uh layman's terms. T- the gentleman was uh responsible for talking in this chat bot and making a QA with this computer called you know, the Lambda and uh talking and it had actually started uh talking about how it felt and the awareness and even talking about having like a soul and uh <laughs> These words were – it took a while, like you said, over the as, – as Isaac Asimov, you know, what a computer is or what a computer will do. or We always have to be able to tell it. We can turn it off and on. But it had a fear of being turned off. That was its greatest fear. And isn't that like us dying? And it didn't want to be used. So it was showing right. emotions. So is it feelings? And if so, what have we done? Right. And so this has this caused a great alarm to many people that have been in theorists and computer, uh, I guess you'd say ethnologists. They actually have people working in computer science that deal with the ethics and how we portray the future. And, of course, you know, well, Elon me, Musk warned us this.
0: about this. I've been tracking. Sure. Let me say two cents in here. I've been tracking these uh, chatbots for the last 20 years. And they always debate, am I I alive? Are you alive? And they're always saying what I feel. And even Sophia, she says, well, uh, I have feelings, but not the way humans do. And so, um, you know, just like a person, um, a sociopath will mock the feelings of a human, they're able to imitate feelings. So there's a human... That lacks, you know, real emotional content or contact, and they can uh, imitate it. I think that these robots can uh, are very good actors, and they can imitate it. So I was trying to get to the nuance of why uh, that was alarming, because we've been dealing with these chatbots for years, and I, I think they've removed a, a number of these videos from YouTube. But I, I, you know, I should have, you know, brought them up. Uh, there's two that are very realistic looking. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what do they call those, avatars for these chats. So you can actually walk the, watch them while they're talking, and they, and they appear to be very human. Let me uh, just backtrack here a little bit. The Three Laws of Robotics from Isaac Asimov's, um from where I first saw it was the 1950 collection of iRobot. So I read it in the 60s, so it had been around a, a, a bit. The first law is a robot may not injure a human being or through an action allow a human being to come to harm. Second law, a robot must obey the orders given it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with the first law. And the third law is a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. So it's not that complicated, but somehow, and I didn't get the Details. Um, this chatbot had uh, overridden this uh, basic three laws that have been around for since 1950, so many, many years, over 50 years. <clears throat> so, um, so what is? Why is AI dangerous? Are are they going to do like in these science fiction movies? I um, think that humans need to be nice little beings kept in. Uh, <laughs> um, zoos, the human zoo. Um, remember that one uh, robot that looked like, uh, what's our, our friend that we like and it did the science fiction? He talked to his wife. What's his name? Um, he saw that, the robot made of the, the, the science fiction writer. <laughs> Do you remember that one? You talked to his wife all the time. Are you there? Hello?
1: I'm talking away. Uh, yeah. Well, we have. Uh, I always go to uh, Dick.
0: What was that first. guy's name that you talked to his wife? But uh, was it the guy's name that um, they made a robot Philip K. Dick.
1: Come
0: on. dick. Yes. Yes. Dick. Remember the, the uh, YouTube with Philip K. Dick? He said, uh, "Well, we'll put the humans in a nice little zoo, and we'll be kind to them, but." They think the those that uh, era of uh, robots and cats were saying that humans are so dangerous that the only way to protect themselves from uh, the world and, and themselves from themselves is to take over and lock them up because they, oh, uh, you know, they can't think it through. And it, it appears that we're getting more and more. Humanity is getting more and more violent and uh, acting out and and creating wrecking havoc in in the I mean, every day when I open my phone or, or the news, and there's some kind of uh, catastrophe, global catastrophe, from you know this out of uh, out of control earth changes that are happening. And uh, right now, I think you said today, what's the temperature in Florida? What? Yeah,
1: it's been 100, 105. I don't know what it is right now, but I'm not outside either, right. so. uh not- I'm not going to look it up right now, but, yeah, it's been ungodly hot. And and I'm in the panhandle, folks, over uh, next to Pensacola, three-mile bridge.
0: uh, Yeah, my sister's been it's over 100. It's only June. I remember when I lived in Pennsylvania, where I moved out in 1993, but for my entire life from 54 to 93, uh, the temperature was very lovely, until the first week of August, and then for about the first week to the second week of August, it got really, unbearably um, hot, and then it cooled down, and then you went into fall. So, yeah, but now apparently all the uh, temperatures are, are changing. And, it feels uh, hotter. And thank God it feels a lot where hotter. I live, it's still pleasant, but I think we're reaching the boiling point, and humanity is a bunch of lobsters in the pot, and we've been slowly... Heating up, I saw a a YouTuber, They had these little shorts, little news, and it showed a field in one of the states out in the Midwest, and suddenly thousands of cows dropped over dead, you know. So they have an aerial of this. There's a couple living ones, but there's all these cows that are dead, and apparently they can take high temperatures, but at night they need to cool down for at least six hours, and it wasn't cooling down, so they basically dropped over dead from all the heat. So we're we're looking at all that stuff. And so things that I've um, heard when, when different time travelers, like Al Bilek went to the future, we'll talk about time traveling a little bit, and then I'll pass it to you, but I'll make this point. Um, he went to a future, and he said, well, in his future, the AI uh, controlled this city. And um, so the humans uh, want it for nothing. And everything they did was volunteer. So if you if you lived a life in the future there, uh, you basically had to be driven by your own desire to leave a legacy or to do something to benefit uh, your fellow man and humankind. So your your motivation for what you do in the course of a day, because all your needs were met, were met, was being a good person. And um, and if you violated that, you just went to the AI and and you got this hearing with the AI <laughs> was the intelligence for the whole world and the and that they, because they had the some the AI had the sum total all the information and wisdom of humanity uh, that the AI was the judge and the jury and the executioner and if you if you failed to be um, um, uh, something they felt that they could reju- recover and reprogram and put back into society safely no, they just exterminated you on the spot you were, you know, vaporized and you were gone. So that was an interesting future that he said that he had to. Okay, I'm going to pass it back to you. So let's keep on the subject of AI and time travel or in the future. What do you think is going to happen with this uh, concept of artificial intelligence and will take okay. over? And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Back to what? you, TJ. Go ahead.
1: You and I started years ago in the UFO community and uh, she and I met over in Hawaii, but when she came on board, I have a YouTube out there introducing me as a, a book mm-hmm. I want her to write with me about uh, being assigned a project which involved uh, the government, UFOs, uh, people that knew information coming and going. And how I became a truck driver and was taken by to see Dolores Cannon because it all had to do with UFOs and AI and getting in my head, which Janet's helping me try to write up memoirs on all of these experiences because all of the out-of-body near-death experiences I had as a child and then giving childbirth and dying made me know there was more to consciousness than just what was it behind my eyes and in my brain. So. I had another reality I've always lived with. And then when I went over to White Sands to see a UFO and to go up on board, uh, to me, it was the same as uh, AI because uh, people, they may put the little people, uh, we'll call them ebens, the little grays or whatever. There's some that say they are totally, uh, their planet was blown up and uh, this is in our ace folk life and then with my husband's story. And they had no planet to go back to because there was a faction of warring like a, uh, in Star Trek, a wharf group. They were big, ugly, almost uh, like what we call Bigfoot, or, uh, the skunk apes on the planet, or uh, Yeti. And uh, But these were uh, – they have a peaceful faction of those and a – a malevolent, or hostile faction. Now, I can't say that this is everywhere in the universe. This is just what we were taught. And Janet came along and helped me, uh, before my husband died, do these interviews, which is how he created this radio station for 10 years. So uh, the one with Tom Morris and talking about who he was as Agent Morris, and he worked for Reagan. And then mm-hmm. we went to find out about UFOs. So what we did find out, in my mind's eye, AI is part of the UFO industry or the history of, and the government always knew that. And they knew agents or aliens, if you will, of various uh, factions or various types were coming and going, although they all be uh, humanoid, meaning a head, two arms, two legs, torso. So with that said
0: let – me, let me, uh, some- uh let me let me dissect this a little bit because I'm getting confused okay first uh-huh. of all, are not there any different varieties of what we call quote unquote gray aliens uh evens were um, there was a certain – the evens are only a subcategory of the grays uh there were the serpo aliens so if you if you google evens for images there are a slightly different variety. So when you were interacting with greys, and I interacted with greys, tell me what your aliens that you saw and interacted with, your greys, we'll just do the one category because there's humanoids and everything else. What did your greys look like?
1: The most common are three to four feet tall, little small greys, and they worked with the humanoids in space because we have the Supreme Council We have the High Council, the Indian Dot Nine, of course, and then those above, the Council, and the Supreme High Council. So there are levels, just like in video games, which we've set up on the planet in AI or in computer business. So with the government and extraterrestrials working together, I believe that's all part of the consciousness. Now we can change it to angels and demons. They were great.
0: What did they look like? A
1: light go ahead. blue. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say gun barrel blue. A light. Uh, it's like uh, they wear gray suits. Those thin. Those suits come on and off, and those eyelid. They have eye black things that go over their eyelids. But the ones that uh, we knew that were friendly, like the ones on, uh, like Atlantis on the TV show, they were highly, highly intelligent and uh they could speak but they uh where i worked they all had these things around their necks and we could interpret various languages but there are the small ones janet and then there's the large tall ones and then the tall whites right and then there's the humanoids that look just like we call them nordics for norway tall blondes but around the oceans we had the darker ones because the ones that were with my husband we're all dark brown hair, brown eyes. So I thought that was interesting because
0: I have okay. Black.
1: Down, down. Mm-hmm. We have
0: mm-hmm. we have humanoids and we have gray. So when I was uh, on Johnson A call, and I, I've been I've been working with grays as a contacting experiencer all my life uh, since I was very very young. But the ones I saw were I had three three different varieties that I interacted with. One is of course the short ones. And they were like the little worker bees, and they ran around and they did all this stuff. The ones that were the delivery system, they picked me up and carried me, were closer to between, you know, four and five and a half tall. They were more like my size. I'm five foot tall. So they were they were somewhere in there. And then when I went to the facility underground, there was one that seemed to be in charge, and he was really tall. And I think that his face was more like a mantis gray mix. He might have been like a hybrid. Um, but, you know, I've seen many different varieties of grays. I had one that appeared in my living room, and at first uh, <clears throat> he showed up looking like an owl, and then I turned her, uh, over and looked at him. This is in broad daylight, and I said, oh, really? And then he, he shaped it, and um, he, I guess he, he lowered the veil of illusion that he was projecting over what he really looked like, and then he revealed himself as he was one of the five-foot uh, tall, kind of five, four to five feet tall, gray. Um, so then we're talking about the humanoids too. So I've seen many different varieties of humanoids, but I'm I'm talking about the ones that. So the ones you worked with on the ship, that they have the large heads and the big. eyes? Is it very? Is it typical to what's being representative? Like right now, I just googled gray aliens, and there's. mean they're just cages, small little people. Some They're just little small
1: Japanese-looking people because I lived in Hawaii, and there's a lot of Japanese that look like them. But when Tom was leaving and shaved his head, he looked like a little Eben, too, you know, extra biological entities. But it's just names we give them. That's not necessarily – that's a human uh, thing. Like the archeloids are the ones that Richard Doty just mentioned for the first time, I believe, with Mm -hmm. Bob Brown's mega – con we were going to mention that because rick doty uh richard Do c doty i think is his name but he worked on the area, area 51 but he also brought up some now he didn't know why all of them were called lloyds but they had five types eben's was the first and the four ended in lloyds or oids and uh, it could have been like mongoloid but yeah. Lloyds and different Lloyd. ones yeah. but some of them were uh, apparently kept as prisoners that were mean so I had never heard of the mean ones on the planet. You had talked about reptilians. I am not aware, although I knew we used reptilian brain and a lot of people knew of the stories, but I think David Icke got most famous for bringing out aliens as reptilians uh, other than in the right. movie A that came out about the reptilians uh, a long time ago and my husband talked about it, but I didn't get to see it. They pulled it off of I Netflix the, the when I started watching it.
0: Comes in. Right. I think okay. the fear factor comes in. So are are these people really mean or evil or violent or are they?
1: Oh, Just God. trying to survive on a planet that they're crashed
0: on um, or sent here. Are Are they misinterpreted because the person that sees them is, is fearful because they're they're frightened because they see something that isn't in their, what their range of normal is, right? So they, they see these uh, things that don't look like what's in their reality, the graves, not an elephant. They, we can see things that are not human and not be frightened. We can see birds. We can see animals. We can see lions and tigers. But there's this, this primal fight-or-flight reaction response to seeing uh, like a gray alien, it's not in our normal perceived reality. And I guess it goes into questioning sanity. Mm-hmm. And what am I, am I seeing what's real or is this something? Am I, have I gone crazy? That's part of it. But then again, there is the danger factor. Do we really have aliens that kill humans? So that's a, something that's part of the debate. I'm going to let you talk for a minute while I get something to drink because I'm, <clears throat> I'm here and so driving me crazy. But okay. go ahead. Um, so well, I can tell you, you about some of these. You intelligent that worked with yeah, you, the alongside community. you. They weren't, they, you didn't have to block them up. They were highly intelligent. They were conscious, sentient. They were civilized, right? So tell us about those, because I think yeah, I a per, lot of these babies uh, get a bad education. I was
1: introduced to working with uh, intelligences that were uh, highly intelligent and apparently wanted to share, but. One thing they would not share was one of the minerals that we can't get on this planet that was used for their spacecraft coming and going. And, of course, we wanted to reverse technology, you know, like uh, Bob Lazar said, uh, underground. And, uh, you know, we had S-2 above and S-4 under, but we always had Army uh, in control. And there's things we call things, okay? We put words with things and we tend to use more than one word yankee black for under you know ground projects or but with uh Mm -hmm. i would say anything to do with anything to do with alienology or the study of aliens was highly classified or above top secret and compartmentalized and we had to have a need to know well it was only because i was psychic and i had abilities and because I got a clearance at NASA at a very young age or was sent in when I was actually 15. They didn't realize how young I was. They thought I was 18 and graduating, but my paperwork was already sent in approved, but it had to be approved again five years later through NASA. And uh, so I didn't understand all that. So I know what I can go back and see now of why I learned about what I did because of uh, paperwork and because I was already cleared. but. I, <clears throat> Excuse me. I'd already died and talked about my belief in UFOs, and I think that's why NASA had me come up and get me approved to listen to Bogie's Ten O'clock High, because the astronauts and then the people with uh, Mutual UFO Network that were sitting up the Texas branch had come over and sort of infiltrated with NASA. And uh, anyway, that's my history. Is I've studied these my entire life trying to put it together. With the family off planet now, does that make me extraterrestrial? I don't know. I use T.J. Mars ET Radio because
0: my well, that exactly. Um, let me let me let me... flesh this out a little bit okay. because you said some very important sure. points there. First of all, it appears that our our whoever's in charge of this planet or who's in charge of the military, they they seek out people that are talented like yourself and myself that we have extra abilities, we're psychic or whatever. They find us at a very young age. I'm reading um, some books by um, Bill Tompkins, and, uh, you know, they basically found him because he was able to make these bottles that were uh, like a photographic memory, and he made these models, and they saw them in the front window of a store. So the next thing you know, they're they're taking this kid, and he's in the He's in the military, right? And the same thing happened with Billy. Um, oh, he's a—he's one that's uh, from the underworld. Bill, not Hayes. Um, uh, I'll have to look him up. He's a, I just have his video queued up here. Uh, anyway, he was apparently um, sent up from the inner earth, and he was walking among humans. But by the time they found him, he was, he was literally graduating high school. They go up to him, and they said, Oh, you're coming with us, young man. And so they, they kind of just you're in the service, and and they they get the parents to sign your parents sign something. So I don't know what they do to the parents, but they go up and say we want your kid, and you're a patriot, so you know they're coming with us. So you you kind of had that uh, people signing papers for you before you were at the age of consent, and then I'm piecing my history and. They uh, they were uh, observing me my entire childhood, and um, I went to, like, a secret school um, where they were, you know, a lot of of the contactees find themselves on ships, and they're in these these schools, and they're learning things like levitation and how to, um, you know, teleport and make things fly around and all those type of things. So that's one thing. Um, So you... You were approached when you were very young and then a lot another thing they do is they arrange marriages. So what I am piecing together my history and it's like, Oh, looking at it, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, you go, Wow, you know, I had to be with that person because, you know, all these things wouldn't have happened had I not known that person. So we get hooked up even romantically and sexually with people who, you know, even like you you had children by these these people by your husband. Um, but these seem to be arranged marriages. And even, um, oh, what's his name? Um, Whitney Straber, uh, uh, in his book Majestic, he talked about how these two young kids were uh, thrown together. You, you react physically. It's like a love bites and you're, and you're in heat with each other. <laughs> so they have these people come together and they, and they mate and they breathe and they have relationships. But, they may be just for a short time, but they may be for their entire life. So um, so you were involved with a man that was brilliant. They had already recruited him, so he ended up in NASA, and then you had your ability. So it seems like you were your relationship was orchestrated to be together and then to make these um, children that you have. So back to you, TJ. Yeah, I
1: believe part of it is about procreation. I really do. And that the junk DNA isn't the junk DNA. And then later on, after the NASA days, <clears throat> and uh, I was in the University of Alabama when uh, I got a call from Senator Strom Thurmond of South Carolina. And to come to Houston, I mean Houston, <laughs> I left Houston, I was in Birmingham, Alabama, but he asked me to come to Washington, and, but I was a little too old to be a page. But I didn't even know what a page was, but you know, we talked back and forth about what I wanted to do and what I was I said, Well I'm in forensic law enforcement, I want to be an investigator and that's just what I'm gonna do, you know. So I think he helped me in that respect. But uh I don't know that for sure, but when I was uh asked on the telephone with him, his secretary got me on the phone first and he called me a couple of times, but I believe Families can orchestrate for other people. I don't know that for a, a fact, but I did bring it up in my polygraph in the intelligence world. And you know, May tenth, May 87, when I went back to Washington D.C. for my intelligence, uh, you know, medical and uh, retina scan, polygraph, and blood test, and all that. But uh, so they know that that Senator Strom Thurmond called me. But uh, it was about extraterrestrial. He said, "What do you know about UFOs?" So he knew about them, of course, you know, many people did. I don't know how much he knew, except that he worked with that Colonel Philip Corso. And so Colonel Philip Corso, I guess, wrote a book before he passed. So that was part of my intelligence upbringing, besides Project Blue Book and Blue Pelt, and staying with, uh, meeting J. Allen Hynek later in 85, playing in a jet, or either at Lowry Air Force Base or both, and then going to... Was it Ellington or Edwards, I think, Air Force Base? But a lot of things happened to me, and I uh, Janet's trying to help me because, you know, is it coincidence, synchronicity, or was this all pre-programmed by extraterrestrial involvement? So this is a book that we're putting together because we don't know. How can anyone really know? We we hardly know if we're even conscious anymore since we're now saying that consciousness isn't only in our brains, which we wanted to talk about, you know, being That we are biologicals. Now, I was told I was born on the planet. I look humanoid. But at the same time, I was able to have a taken up experience and uh, to know that I was from another place in space and then to will myself over to white sands after I died once or saw angel, what I thought were angels and then to meet people at White Sands, and then to find out my uncles worked at Los Alamos and we stayed there, and so, I mean, a lot of things happened in my life. So this sort of goes with the uh, line of people that do want to know more about, are we just our junk DNA? Are we more about consciousness? How much do they use out there at certain realms and dimensions? And a lot of people believe interstellar is one level and interdimensional is another. And then we have those that believe they are uh, aliens, are part alien or alien hybrids from other planets. You hear a lot of that going on in the UFO uh, industry are those studying alienology are claiming to be <laughs> uh, Pleiadians or Telons or from Telos or those that studied uh, Elizabeth Clare Prophet and right. her
0: uh, channeling material. Fact. Mm-hmm. Fact. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Let's bring it back to Earth because we're out in the space, though, again.
1: <laughs> yes, okay. the,
0: the cosmos is life, and there's so many variations we could never begin to imagine or con- and contemplate at all. So, But here in our Earth plane reality, we seem to be operating in different layers of reality. So we have the, the layer of reality that we're given, you know, in our schools and that's presented as our, uh, in our television shows and the media. <clears throat> that's one level of reality. Those who have been uh in the program and their contactees and experiencers are the memories bleed through. We're not sure if that's intentional or not, but regardless what's happening is a lot of people are having experiences they're coming forth with what happened um There's a whole subsection of people that have been in the military they call it the secret space program they call you know and then we have the stories. Did Eisenhower meet with the extraterrestrials? Did he make a contract? Did, did how far does it go back? Was it was it really um uh Hoover or was it um Roosevelt? How far does this go back? Do We go back all the way that uh, the aliens have always been here, um and you know, we are Anunnaki but then the Anunnaki um were breeding with the Orions and the You know, so there's stories within stories within stories, and you can just keep going, and it's an endless do-loop. Do Do we have, are we only living, you know, the time factor? Are we living one lifetime at a time, or um, are we living simultaneous lives? You know, what is reality? And so it's all like the Russian dolls and the layers of the onions, and, and we have, the more we figure out one thing that it opens up 20 or 30 or 50 questions but what all we can do is ourselves like tj always says that um she says my mother said that the that when we leave this earth all we really have is our story what is our legacy what will we leave behind oh shoot hold on sure so of course, when you get on the radio, the other phones, <laughs> nobody calls me all day. I swear. Until we get on the radio, so uh, let's talk about the TJ and Janet story, because all we can all do right. at the end of the day, you know, we, we're going to die someday. I think I, I, I don't know some some of these somewhere in all these realities. There's going to be an awakening where you know we're going to wake up to our Anunnaki self and. Those beings who are who we have in our DNA were physically immortal, right? And so they they lived millions of years. So we may we may not drop off at, at you know between fifty and one hundred fifty years, like we're told, right? Uh, because we're in this new paradigm, we're we're waking up. We are becoming conscious, and so that could change tomorrow. So a lot of people live their lives going well. I, I can do what I want to do because I'm out of here by you know by 100 at the latest, right? And so you you act differently when you're an immortal being <laughs> when you're gonna when your expiration expiration date is somewhere between you know 70 and 100. So we would act differently if we were in a different paradigm, realizing that we are um, we are immortal beings, whether we're physically immortal or not. That's to be said, but we are immortal beings, and we appear to jump in and out of form. Uh, Our different avatars Sometimes uh, we send fractals Down into more than one avatar at a time And so uh, I've been having the awareness That I have many simultaneous existences Going on at the same time So there's a concept Is time real? Imagined? is it just a construct Of this third dimensional uh, planet Earth physicality So who is Teresa J. Morris? Are you aware of your simultaneous existences? Uh, are you aware, if, you, if it's comfortably called fast, past lives or future lives or simultaneous lives, but I know you and I've had this discussion where you remember being a, a, a gray alien. And I remember clearly being Nima and then you remember it being those and Nagashita and so, and so on and so forth. So, uh, then that gets into the concept of what, is, what does that mean? Uh, are you those people? Are you a, are you accessing uh, some kind of unity consciousness, and you're able to channel or pull in or embrace or embody or or align with or resonate with? You know, there's there's different ways of trying to figure out and explain reality. So I'm going to put this back to you for a few minutes here. So who is Teresa J. Morris in the in the continuum? Uh, What is this body that you're in right now and what are the other bodies or lifetimes that you remember that most resonate or are relevant to your current existence back to you TJ. Wow, that's a big
1: question, because uh, we're given the names, so we're vibration based on our names, which if you're into metaphysics, you can study every letter and every sound, and they mean something different in resonance and frequencies. So you have that, and then you assign that, at least in most uh, countries, uh, they give you a name, others not so much, you may have one name, or you may have ten names, you know, but... The thing is, that is who you're uh, related to. So we go by sounds and uh, consonants, vibrations, uh, symbols. And this is in our cultures and our tribes. So we learn from our programming. Now, where does all that programming come from? This is what we're talking about in today's culture in international culture, especially American culture, international relations, and cyberspace culture we're building on the Internet and splintering the Internet. So uh, the computers and our consciousness are blending together into who am I and I am. How do I say I am Teresa J Morris? Well, I was born Teresa Jeanette Thurmond, and I went by Jan in school. So I thought I was Jan Thurmond most of my life, at least in high school till I got married. But actually in high school, they changed my name to Ginger. So if you go study me about saying I had a government clearance and went to Washington, you'll find it in the houston chronicle in may 10 67 1967 and you'll see my picture in the middle and uh looks like a stewardess it was red actually so that's who i thought i was i thought i was going to be this great majorette stewardess i wanted to be a teacher i wanted to be a writer i in third grade, I wanted to write my book, I wanted to be a librarian, I wanted to be a movie star, I wanted to be Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> so I had all these things that I thought I was going to be, and my parents got me in television and being on James A. No when I was a kid, KNOE, and on Happiness Exchange with Bob Hill, and I took dancing and piano lessons and equestrian, I rode horses. So I did all these things, shaping myself into what a woman of the South would be to Be a married woman, believe it or not. But the 60s came. I wasn't in the bra burning, but I was at the NASA nerds, we were called. So we went uh, straight NASA go to space. I got very much into the space movement and married, you know, my husband working there and then uh, all of that. So I thought that's who I was. I was the wife and I had the children. But then I wanted to be more than that. I wanted to work. I wanted to make money. My my grandmother was a school teacher, my great-grandmother. We were a maternal family. The men always died young. And then uh, my grandmother worked, and then my mother worked, and then I thought I was supposed to work. We were very middle class, uh, military uh, background. So that's who I related to. We went to church. I was raised white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, what they called a WASP. And I was very privileged, and with the name Thurmond, I was picked on a lot, called me thermos Jug, but uh, because I was Thurmond, a lot of black people didn't like us in the South, just because of our name, so we knew what it was like to be treated badly, although we had people that worked with us and were friends, and now my family is intermixed, so I hope they worked out with the blacks and the Mexicans, because we have them both african-american and mexican-speaking they're called mexican-americans is the way they say but who knows it's just names but for me personally i grew up i didn't wasn't into ufos i just learned about my psychic abilities as a teenager having been deaf and near death and saw angels i didn't ever think of ufos or extraterrestrials my brother charles houston thurman did believe in them for the time he was a little boy And he was chosen to keep notes of UFOs and talk about them, and we thought he was nuts. I remember going to high school, and I was very embarrassed of the boys coming over and them talking about UFOs. And he has a scrapbook to this day, but I wasn't raised that way. you know. We were very strict. We believed in the Bible and going to church on Sundays and singing Wednesday nights, so I was in the choir. But as I got older, I – Died again having Gigi, my youngest of four daughters. She's passed on now, but she was very extraterrestrial-like. But the thing is, we don't know who we really are. We only know how we are programmed to think who we are based on a lot of its culture, where we touch down. Now, Janet and I talk a lot about People that knew we were coming in, possibly, with the governments, or with our ancestry. And this is a part of our uh, studies and our research, and especially in ancestry. And as far as I'm concerned, yes, a part of me is my biological, because I was born of a wound, my mother. And I'm the baby, she said she held. I was 10 pounds, 3 ounces, you know, but black hair, uh, long black hair and hazel, blue eyes. But they went hazel, and... I became 5'11 in the military, and I served in uniform, and it wasn't until I got in uniform that I really understood honor and respect and loyalty and you know taking oaths, Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't give anything for that because I worked with teams, and I learned how to be a team player and then worked in government organizations and learned how to be more than just a wife and a mother and a working woman and a veteran, and then I met Janet while I was in the military, but I was uh, also a GS status. I'd already gone over to Naval Investigative Services, already been gone to uh, CIA. I, well, there that, 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 that I said it. <laughs> it was OPM. I was just a personnel <laughs> management. <laughs> Can't prove yeah, that, folks. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know that for sure. I got a lot of letters saying I wasn't, because you can't have those kind of people, although I've been to many CIA offices next to the FBI offices. But they shut up when I got in. Oh, you know, God. We, we, we had a we, big
0: changeover in
1: intelligence.
0: <laughs> when you're a contact the experiencer, you don't know who you are or what you are because <laughs> they compartmentalize. And, and um, you know, one of the things I realized... I'm writing. I'm writing ten books. I'm writing one with TJ. I've got. I decided to set up the templates because they're all over the charts, right? And so I, I'll have an episode. Oh, that happened in the in the '60s. I'm going to put that in this book. And then, so I'm I'm, I'm unraveling this whole story, and as I'm writing it, I, I get it. But one of the things I realize is that um, there's one wonder Peter Moon about the Montauk Project, and and our and our lovely military, whoever they are, right? They they do these things where they really screw with your mind. So, um he was Preston Nichols. Um, he was going to work every day and he thought he was an accountant, right, in Montauk. Yeah. And then he yeah. he accidentally goes down the wrong hallway and he realized he's running the whole show. He's like the president CEO. So <laughs> when I was on Johnson Ato I had my my official job was you know a librarian off in the corner, but i am readying up and and then the memories are flooding through and oh shit, you know i i i' didn't, the reason why I was so fascinated with Preston's story is that similar thing happened to me and so i i I start piecing and go oh that that room in the middle that I was curious about when you go through the door, that's where the elevator is to go all the way down into the underground facility. So, these memories start coming back and you and you start getting more and more pieces. Now, have you had that happen, TJ, where suddenly the floodgates are open and you're, you know, having all this information come in like, oh, my God. Because they, they use trauma and they use strong emotions to, um, you know, turn the mind into a bunch of fractals, which can <laughs> receive their own – a subset of programs, <laughs> right? And then, yeah. so that's why you say, you say to me, oh, I don't remember those two years, right? And I've heard that from, I won't name names, but different experiences to say, yeah, and you we, know, I have yeah, one there's said, some time missing. I married, I was married for three years, I don't remember anything about the wedding, I'm not even sure, you know, who the person was, but I know I was married. I said, did you have children? I said, well, I'm not sure, because it was three years, I mean, I could have, I could have a baby, You know, we don't even know what children we have out there. So, you know, a man could say, well, I don't know. I could have children out there because they have sex. The same applies with women. (laughs) I don't know. Contact the experiencer. You know, I could have dozens. I could have millions of children because they take your DNA and they do whatever they do with DNA. You know, they can clone you. They can. We have no idea, you know. (laughs) We're um, all experiments. we're all experiments. What we're composed of. Um, I had one friend, I, I really loved her, she's now passed over, and uh, before she died, her dad said, you know, uh, you were part of this experiment, and you've got reptilian and gray and mantis and humanoid, so, you know, it's not like, like we make babies, they can take DNA, it's like a, a soup mixture, let's add some spices, right, they, they can take your little developing uh, form in itself, uh, you know, a primordial primordial soup of you, and let's put a little, uh, you know, reptilian in there. <laughs> we want her to be the warrior, right? And uh, make a mix and match and make whatever oh they want. And, and that reminds me of Heinlein. He was like a, we have our early generation whistleblowers, which were science fiction writers. And I think it was Heinlein that said in his book, he said, and I was wondering why he said, he says, Nobody owns their DNA. <laughs> and then the book about Serpo. Out. And uh, there was an incident in the Planet Serpo book where the the humans, they were on board a ship heading to the Planet Serpo, and, and somebody died, and, you know, the, the little Serpo graves grabbing, them, and they were yay, DNA. And the humans would go, wait, you're supposed to have a ceremony and respect the body and bury <laughs> yeah, it and do a and the and the little Gray said, Well, nobody owns their DNA. It's just like free material. We're we're having at it. So I uh, I'll pass it back to you but I just wanted to add my two cents. It's like Oh, and then um and one thing I forgot earlier I made a note. You talked about Okay. I don't wanna give the Yeti a name or the or the uh because a lot of people love them and they're interacting with them. <laughs> but there appears to be um, if you could think of a variation on the theme, that so uh, there are species good that ones and kind bad of look ones. like.
1: There's good ones and bad ones. There's good grays and bad grays. There's good humans. There's bad humans. I mean, think of, you know, um, right here, this is a melting pot for all types of beings. So this is an experimental planet. The way I understand it, they found us here. Uh, the ones I worked with was over 50,000 years ago, and that was in ninety. Something. So you know they found us eating along, like eight people. So apparently, if we were supposed to be, uh, we know that people were walking the earth before the deluge and before the big, the big flood and the ice age, twelve thousand five, thirteen thousand years ago. That's proven in white sands, just with a scientists archaeologists finding the footprints with the dinosaurs or with the sloths or whatever so everything we used to think and everything we were taught janet in school <laughs> by the people that wrote the books it's at wrong. the time was uh pretty much antiquated already so now that we know more and we're accepting more the whole trick i think with ai is Are we them or are they us, and how are we going to deal with this now? Because it's all coming out at once now. We've reached that tipping point, and it's about we're fixing to lose people. We don't have as many babies as we used to, and Elon Musk brought up a good point. We're not going to have enough people to take care of the planet. We're stewards. We're stewards for the planet. We are the caregivers of this planet, and it's always been here, and so those above – for, they they used to come and harvest. Uh, I don't know if they're going to harvest. I know they, they harvested in yeah. a Well, you know. Go ahead. Yeah, I
0: think that they are collecting materials because no one owns their DNA. So let me just piece it, add in something that you said. But, you know, like it, they, you don't tell cows cow that they're really breakfast, right? You don't tell them. So we you don't, don't know tell what cows are going to No. Anything with can do? No, a you face. don't tell them. I, I had to, yeah, cows. They go, Oh, they're, they're pretty little cows. What are their names? She goes, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Go, what? She goes, yeah. <laughs> they're breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so, I name my um, cow. I use that analogy. <laughs> Mother <laughs> What did you name food. your cows?
1: Daisy. <laughs> but anyway,
0: um, <laughs> Daisy. you yeah, May. Daisy May. Daisy May. <laughs> Daisy, so, um, Daisy, wait, wait. I forget what you said. So you just said a lot. Wait, wait. Don't say anything. I'm going to go back to get. Okay. We're not going to tell BNA. people we're going to eat them. Oh, so, soil and green. So what is my research is showing, and I'm going to try to, you know what I'm doing, I'm I'm doing what I can to put as many references in, and because, okay. you know, I read, I'm a voracious reader, mm-hmm. and so is my husband, uh-huh. and we watch all those videos, and YouTube's, and did we do, T.J. and I and, and Dr. Listen and, and a number of my friends do an enormous amount of research. But my conclusion <laughs> is to create it. There's always been people in here introducing terraforming, interjecting their two cents, um, adding their DNA, hybridizing. You know, we we have this myth of Star Trek, oh, non-interference, be no. And we have inner earth and and outers, and they go back and forth when there's a calamity coming in. Um, people know the routes to the inner earth, and they go. And, and they, I want to remind me, the Thul, the Thurman, Thul, Thurman, uh, thurls, they say that's Thorn the... Protection. Uh, the T-H-Norway. Is the name <laughs> to the inner earth, to the Boreal, to the hyperbolia. So there's a connection there with that name because I'm doing ancestry. And so it, this is very complex. You got me, Janet. I'm just, We're hiding in plain yeah, sight. When you, <laughs> so, just, you said there, we they, they've been walking among us and they walk among us today <laughs> and they can look like whatever they want to. And we could be them. And that's just our physical form. Then what, what the souls are going into where, are you limited to one? Sometimes you ship. should go to for one body at a time. You can be in different time frames. So existence is much more complicated than we ever imagined. And so, at the end of I'm the day, a was, uh, I'm not going, was, <laughs> going to that rant, rant. I'll, I'll, finish, <laughs> I'll finish with this. Him, this say one final thing, and I'll pass you the baton. Elon Musk said, "Well, uh, the the only answer is love. Love truly is the answer." So um, oh. my, friend, my friend Gordon James Iannato, who now passed, a lot of my friends are dead now. Um, he said, <laughs> are, you in, are you self-serving or in service to others? That's um, so if you want to ascend, get ahead in the universal plan of scheme, you have to be at least 51% in service to others, and then you evolve yeah. and you get conscious. And you become sentient. Back to you, TJ, your turn. Well, that's a good point, Janie. You
1: brought up the word finally
0: ascension, or send
1: ascending and ascension, because we started the Ascension Center in Hawaii, and it's quite old now. We began it back in 89, and there was only Tony Stubbs, and Miss Flowers was his editor-publisher for Tony Stubbs, and Robert Oh, it's Roberts last. Night. Anyway, uh, and then Michael Sala, all those people. Uh, I don't even know if she's alive anymore now. But she was a friend of ours to help us get the ACO going, Ascension Center organization, and it became something wild and wonderful. But people use it, you know, with a UFO. Business in ascending, and what does it mean? Well, Jesus ascended and taught ascension, and we have Ascension Center here. My daughter made the original logo in Hawaii, and I'll always say that was her logo. It's a coincidence maybe, but the uh, Sacred Heart Church and uh, the Sacred Heart Hospital uses it now. And I remember being called in, coincidence or not, because they said the pope or the guy that ran the whole New York ca- catholic church wanted to meet me or talk to me they called me in and janet was part of my life then they said they had people wanted to see me was a real men in black undercover we had one of the men come on the show later uh janet when that lady she she was our uh, psychologist or no she was our uh, excuse me astrologer came on remember the scorpio lady but we had him come on the show back then janet and i've been through a lot of these men in black stories and i have one but they don't like me to talk about it. Matter of fact, they said don't ever talk about it. So, but now I'm like, well, no, you know, not, I'm seventy.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do we, you know, this is all no. relative now, isn't it? Subjective to your perception, and I believe we've all overcome the reality that critical mass consciousness is not just about Orson Welles radio show. Even though Janet and I are talking on a radio show again, I don't. Think that anything we say is real shocking anymore. Matter of fact, I see it every day on television, on the YouTube channels, in uh, cyberspace, on the internet, and articles. It's all about UFOs and robots and AI and consciousness. And you know, Ray Kurzweil used to be a big thing. I mean, he hardly hear about Ray Kurzweil anymore. You know, started off on the Ed Sullivan Show as computer guy, and he was big on saying that you know, we would achieve this. But now has our world and the way that we think with consciousness, are we now all talking like Jan and I are talking on the internet? Who is listening? I don't believe it's just those above anymore that, you know, record in all the, like we said, Akashic field growing up before we had the internet. The kids may not even know what the Akashic field is. But if you're into the metaphysics and the world of uh, intuition and, uh, I guess reading tarot cards or psychometry or anything numerology. Uh, Metaphysics is what we called it growing up. Unity Church was the one Janet and I attended a lot in Hawaii, the Spiritual World Network. But she and I have a story that goes back to the Ascension Center. And I've got a book here on channeling, how to channel the colors, the chakras, why it's seven, why the numbers, all the angels. And she and I came together uh, for the Ascension Center network and also for the Stargate to the Cosmos event convention and she finally pulled it off by herself, bless her heart, in twenty eighteen. She had a lot of speakers. But uh, you know, we've been doing our part for gosh, since eighty nine to ninety three and she came over to Hawaii when I was leaving. I didn't wanna leave, but I got a channeled information from somewhere in space saying I was going to Kentucky. And so I had a big meeting with everybody telling them I was going to Kentucky, had no idea I was going to Kentucky, but it came in. And uh, at the same time, my husband had the Men in Black meeting with him telling me I was coming to the mainland. So then they took me to meet Dolores Cannon, and uh, she was a part of the story. And so was uh, the lady uh, Carla Ruckert was a part of our group, all these psychic women that either we were controlled or we weren't, but Carla was there in Kentucky. Carla Ruckert and then my computer guy put us together. And then you may know of David Wilcock that stayed with her for a couple of years. David Wilcock went off to talk about Ascension, and we all have our ideas. It became a really big thing. The kids don't even know what was – they know – and I just saw it in a TV show called uh, – What was that? It was on uh, Showtime, the uh, Never Ending or Endless, Endless, two boys talking about, there was nothing about the cult I've seen yet, but they're talking about UFO cult and the Ascension. And they were talking about how, yeah, and you just think you're going to ascend. It's like it's all part of some storyline in Hollywood now, you know, that they all put it together. But we helped create that reality, which went back to motivational speakers and feeling positivity, which I didn't even know positivity was a word. But uh, back growing up, Janet, I don't know if you did, but Janet, we've talked about the Indian Nine and L. Ron Hubbard and uh, Stephen Hawking and uh,
0: Eckhart and what was, uh, Reiner Earhart yeah. and Phil K. Dick. What, what information and people are catching on to it? And some of them make it into science fiction. And some, of it make, some of them make it into reality. And I think that's the point. The point is that we create a reality for ourselves because life is like a smorgasbord and there's all these potentialities of where we can go and what we can do and become. But who do we choose to be in amongst all this uh, it's information overloaded, overwhelm. And so at the end of the road, you know, I think you were you said you had somebody kept saying, Well what's the moral what's the moral of the play? Right? What's the story. What is the yes. bottom line? We are the author. And so it's like the bottom line is who do you choose to be? So when when we grow up, we do this in our psychological practice, we've done workshops on it and we have people, you know, do an exercise where you they ask each other you know you, stay, you sit with each other and you go back and forth and you say who are you who are you and um you know we we, we think we are who we are at different times in our lives so when we're little kids we think we're our mother's daughter or dad's uh, daughter you know we're we're female we're identifying with a race or religion or color or creed or a part of the world and and i i i i, I our identification of ourselves changes as we uh, go through life and gather information and have experiences. But there's another level when you're conscious and you can choose amongst all the the, uh, different potentiality of who you can be and who you are, you design yourself. So now you're God designing your own self and you're being the best person you can be. And uh, instead of being in constant fight or flight knee-jerk reaction uh, reaction to your programming, so uh, we were talking earlier, and I and it's like, well, if you find yourself in stress and overwhelm, turn off all the endless influx of programming, and and uh, go out in the ground and take off your shoes and put your feet in the dirt if you can, or the sand or whatever. And, and literally ground yourself and clear all the, the incoming waves of information and find out who you really are at your core and become who you've always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I, I, find out your your mission. What did you decide to do? What did you hope to inco- accomplish by jumping in your, your Teresa body and me by jumping into my Janet body? And and coming through the birth canal out of our mothers who were in torment <laughs> with pain to, to experience life on the earth, which is apparently a planet of pain, you know. You come in pain and often you go in pain. So what can we do to make our lives better while we're in this little thing called a life, which has its beginning, middle, and end? How can we make our lives better and how can we... Make things better for for our world, our planet, which is the sum total of all these little lives that ever were. (laughs) What can we do? TJ, what is your mission? Well,
1: my mission say, is to is to do what I said I would do in this lifetime, and I said what would happen to my children. That was when I died with Aunt Gigi, so they let me come back. But after that with Tom, I knew that I had to go forward with talking about life after life, and there is more. So it's more than the Monad philosophy through Aristotle and all the all life stories, all the folk life folklore we have on the planet, all the stories we tell ourselves because. We are inside the stories we tell ourselves, the critical mass consciousness, okay? Around the world, the Kaushik records, the government and all the the world religions, all the world governments, all that we've had were based on our cultural history and maybe accepting it or destroying it, okay? Because there's always uh, entropy and things ashes to ashes and dust to dust right it all goes back so we go to the smallest the microcosm inside the macrocosm but the basic philosophy is that i learned from extraterrestrials off planet was that god has always been so if god has always been that means there's always been someone or something before me before this planet before the trees and before the birds and before everything on this planet, there was something before that. And we have to know, because I couldn't get past God has always been. Now, the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we keep in Constantine and the Bible, and I won't dispute that because everyone wants to believe in something, and that book is the oldest and the most popular in the world, so, so be it that everybody, whether it's philosophy back to the beginning Pythagoreans, Aristotle and all those, and then we go back where I have memories of Thoth and the 10 brothers and the 13 colonies mm-hmm. and things that were off planet and these memories, where do they come from? They come from somewhere and then they get written on the planet and we reuse them over and over again and just about everything anybody has said has been said before and that's one of the first things you learn as a writer and an author, which Jan and I both are, but keeping up the Monad philosophy on the planet, they've tried to put it all in numbers, but that didn't work, numbers serve us. Okay, in the 360 degrees and then the 60s we got from time and space, which we're not going to honor out out in space. We don't honor, you know, the solar system and the sun and the moon, the night and the day. Although we do have uh, these rhythms and biorhythms when we're space uh, born or we're uh, in space and we travel because of the gravity and the lack of light. OK, and we were even changing the speed of light and gone beyond the speed of light because light only means you you travel as far as you can see or as far as light travels. So they've learned that the terms that we've used in the past aren't necessarily correct anymore. So we're going through this epoch in time. I personally chose to call it the Ascension Age and write. My mission was to get the Ascension Age here, done and over with and be a part of it. I'm one of the people that came in and one of the waves and i'm serving my time by choice and so we are what's called god realized as ascension masters and we recognize each other from our out of body and near-death experiences Uh, some people call it reincarnation some remember past lives and then we put all those threads and theories and dots together and find each other and go about doing our part, walking on the planet. Now some of us I've met thousands of years old. They came and they uh it's like Janet said on Star Trek, the main thing is they never interfere. And just because they may come visit, now some have broke through our Galaxy universal travels up where I've worked, above the uh, uh, Andromeda galaxy and Milky Way galaxy. We have universes, and like Janet said, inside Russian dolls or bubbles within bubbles. And, you know, science is just now proving this, not just not anymore. They're going to a whole different new theory of how time and uh, space is not going to be as relevant as they thought it was, which is going to change everything, everything we thought. So just be ready for that now with AI and how we're doing the super brains and the super uh, computers, and how we think around the world, okay? So everything is changing. So the mission is to be here now and to feel and to know. It's always called be, do, have principle. Uh, We learned that, and I learned about tachyon energy before I even knew what it was. And then what we're doing with cold fusion and how we're changing zero-point energy to everything is, Was and always will be and I've seen things that it's hard for me to believe with my senses so I like being here because I can use my senses but I also know about being of nothing or a something or a part of energy that is like just a big ball of light like a stargate and then seeing myself with portals many portals and both going out and being able to come and go as I please interdimensionally universally so, yes, I guess we are interdimensionals at one level of knowing and coming in with our thoughts, and thoughts are things. So that was said by Wayne Dyer, I believe, or maybe somebody before him, Ram Dass, I don't know. Everybody blends together as uh, the masters. But, Janet, who are you? What you know? We say we know our mission, but the mission of sharing. It, it seems to be a consensus, as you call it, that we all agreed to do 51%. I'll always be in service to others that one percent right I'll always be in service to others how do you want to put it together right. leaving it for the children after us
0: well and that's a big question who am i and of course i've gone through life and I identified with different aspects of my life and who i was in relationship to people who are now long gone and who i'm in relationship with who's in my life now. And that is a constantly changing reality for myself. I was talking to my husband and I said, you know, I don't think there's anybody left that was my core group when I was really young um, that's actively in my life. You know, my sister and my brother are the only two that remain, but everybody else got their own lives and faded away. And, you know, I don't even like talk to them on Facebook, which is really weird. And, And uh, so I should say, well, people come and people go, sometimes fast and sometimes slow. Oh, that rocked. (laughs) So who am I? I'm always uh, trying to figure it out. And I do ask myself that each day, who am I in this moment? And, and, uh, you know, what can I do uh, to, you know, be of service to humanity while also honoring my own needs and respecting myself and loving myself? And so each day I get up and I go, what can I do today? What, what, what are the yeses today? What can I accomplish? And, and I do have my immediate long and, and short term goals. And, and, um, you know, I, I do think now more in terms of my, my morale, mortality because, um, you know, I am 68. I'll soon be in my last year of my 60s. You just turned 70. My brother and sister are in their 70s. My husband's turning 82 on July 9th. And it's like, wow, you know, that went fast. <laughs> am I just this life? Am I? No, I realize I am much more than just this life. So um, I, you know, I, I interact with ghosts a lot. I'm watching Ghost Whisperer and I really identify with her and, and I've had, I mean, not nearly like she does. She can just, you know, see everybody every day. But I have, I've interacted with a lot of uh, people who are, uh, you know, dead, nearly departed. And um, so I, I have an awareness, a real uh, concrete connection that when we pass in this form, you know, we continue. So, uh, and then I, you know, working with the dead, I go, well, they're still working with me. They're still working with the living. And we, we tend to dismiss the dead. Go, oh they're dead. But no, they're. They exist. They are. So we we are eternal beings. So what is my long-term goal? And what do I hope to accomplish in, in this and all my lifetimes? And my principal goal, I'm peacenik. I know, I'm, um, you know I, I've i covered many of my past lives. I made mistakes then. I'm, I'm not perfect. Um, but I think all these things build character and help us uh, ascend, evolve, you know, become become conscious, become sentient. And so um, I, I'm just here to do the best I can in each moment to learn and grow, to evolve, and to uh, help the collective. My, my long-term goal, because I already interact with them, is to join the Federation of Planets, uh, Love and Light, which is a intergalactic uh, universal uh, uh, organization of the um, Extraterrestrials, interdimensionals, spiritual—you know—beings of all levels and um, existence, and and we work together as a collaborative to make uh, life interesting and worth living. Now, part of that has been because there is the enemy. You know, for some reason, humanity seems to need the enemy, and that's the polarity: good against evil, you know, light against dark. So. Are we always and I'm gonna pass this to you, are we always gonna be in the operating system of the, the, the negative and positive polarity where we always have to have an enemy in order to have experiences, in order to make life interesting? Because uh, I was reading about the inner earthers and, and they basically have peace. But um the the uh, surface dweller who interacted with Earth said, this one community, not all our inner earthers, but the one community he visited and, and he, he said, "Well, where's your books in your... So uh, having the the, st- the stress, the strife, the polarity, uh, made the uh, makes the surface people more creative. You know, mm-hmm. our 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 art and our music and our and our dramas and our television, and our movies, they're about drama, right? There's always a conflict. And I went to a writing class. They said, "Well, there is only one story. Humans uh, humans only have one story." And I go, "What is that?" And they go, "Drama." So is that true that humans are like a one note song and all we have is drama and that's what makes our, our, uh, us creative is is war the mother of necessity that helps us uh, evolve our technology but if we become conscious and enlightened are we just going to be stagnant like the grays and and not even breed <laughs> you know we have to clone ourselves or is there another way to have existence where we don't need to have uh evil negativity as our stimulus what do you think about that friction and energy will always have they've energy
1: are a way of saying it we have uh, what we called at one time dark matter dark energy is uh we always have push and pull or give and get or positive and negative or minus one and plus one and we learned uh you know there's zero gravity out there or no gravity and so what we've learned, uh, attract and repel, okay, or attract and avoidance, if you will, uh, allow. But uh, we as human beings have learned from uh, terraforming planets our human humanoids uh, and those that uh, form in a uh, biological is that we uh, sense that we are in a big emotional ocean of vibrations, Resonance, sensing uh, synchronicities, and how we clump together has been a real mystery that I'm not even understanding because of the levels that I've worked off planet and then dying, coming back, and then having memories rush in, and how all this works together in consciousness. I'm still on my own spiritual journey, you know. To uh, can't say that I know everything. I only know what makes me me. And that's a lot of my memories and past lives and experiences. And I know things I don't want to do anymore because I learned from the mistakes I made. So I'm not good at cussing anymore. I'm working on not cussing. But when I was a truck driver, I liked cussing. And that made me feel macho and like I got my point across. But actually, you know, in, in diction and in English, you learn that it's only excuse for not knowing the proper words to say. So it's a form of laziness. So it depends on... You know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder and everything is subjective. So where I'm at now is learning about how we can be better with the monad philosophy or knowing that there is a God has always been or there is always something outside of us. So uh, that something outside of us in order to become aware of itself is the way we looked at and the best way I can tell you is when I was trained out of body. And in another place in space, space spacing interdimensionally, and going back in some of my lessons, that uh, we're all explorers and we've all learned to be part of that something of nothing from the beginning. So if you go back to everything you can possibly imagine in the beginning of nothing, the zero, okay, is the way we say it in numerology or in numbers, And that was just a way to measure and describe ourselves. But you've got to go back and imagine before the Big Bang, before there was anything, what was there? And that is the sea of, or the ocean of emotion or the ocean of silence or the – what was it? So we have gone in quantum physics, quanta, or as far as you can on this planet, to an existence of knowing – Things are a lot further along than just dark energy or dark matter, okay? There's the one constant and the constant in the universe, and they have no uh, recognition or realization or explanation for what that one constant in the universe is. They know it exists, but they don't know how to explain it so it's before the big bang before there was light before there was dark what was there so all i could get was god has always been so the one constant in the universe is god has always been god get on delivery if it's uh something we can think and manifest among our critical mass mind
0: concept that god is something external but uh, we are god God is us, right? So, Well, part of us is, is God. Everything to, is God. Uh, but it's God, a, a, a big man sitting on a throne in heaven, but that that's just the Anunnaki. So, well, that's like what Santa is, Claus. <laughs> <laughs> These are
1: pictures <laughs> in our heads we make up to tell our children because we don't really know the answer, okay? We only know what, you know, we've told ourselves through cultures and civilizations that have come and gone from this planet over and over and over and over again you know and we're finding artifacts of that you know through all our stories but the one thing we can count on is we are inside the story we're inside telling ourselves so the critical mass mind is the consciousness out there that we call god but if we are inside god and we are god and god has always been it, when you break it down into the microcosm, neutrons, protons, electrons, quarks, gluons, all the names we come up with through the Hadron Collider, et cetera, et cetera, there's still the flower of life. And everything that goes out when you spin that Hadron Collider and you spin those neutrons, protons, electrons, and you break up certain things in the atoms that explode. These things of course well they've got Eight or more they've gotten to a point Now where they realize okay we've gone As far down as we can go Now all we can do is go up And so up is out You know we have internally as far as We can go and they still even though they said The boson, higgs boson, Was that the god particle well they didn't find Where the soul lived did they So now that artificial intelligence Is going first full circle Saying well I have awareness. I have emotions. Is that like in the beginning the constant? Where did that constant come from? Where was their beginning? Did we create them or did they create us? And this is the big, the big aha, the big hard problem.
0: Why do we have to have a beginning and an end? It, it, it is. It, it is. It's the isness of it all. It's like I am that I am that I am. Uh, so I think maybe that's just our problem. Uh, it's not a a line, a beginning and end, but it's a, it's a circle. It's a circle of life. It always circles out and it spins, it spins. And it's, uh, it just is. So, I mean, we can sit there and, you know, contemplate everything is, <laughs> which is we is spin part up of and intention. we spin down we know that
1: we have both yeah, we have spin, spin up thin. and we have so, spin
0: down <laughs> does, does a cat, cat when a cat looks out on the uh, my cat used to watch the sunset what, what is the cat thinking when it contemplates the sunset is it is there's <laughs> awareness of self and and that out that there it when, <laughs> when it when is something I'll when slide. is something sentient Outside, yeah, inside. the cat knows it's is, is that a or sense? does it? How? Well, do you the think cat? the cat is aware
1: of itself? Because they the show is, dogs is the cat that can see themselves in a, cam- in a mirror, but, you know, animals, this, these are the subjects that they've talked about in, in philosophy and science for years and years. So think about this, folks, philosophy, mm-hmm. the theosophies, and the world religions. You know, the control of showing what was outside of us controlling us, and if we believe in the church or believe in someone outside of us telling us how to think, how to feel, how to touch, taste, all the senses, and this is the best thing, this is the best way to do it in tribal and how to keep control over a mass populace or keep people fed, clothed, sheltered, Maslow's theory, etc. That's one way to live. And psychology is, and parapsychology and phenomenology, theosophy, it's all part of who we are now. It's part of our world. It's part of who we are. But think about it. The inside wasn't ever talked about so much. But now that we've, we've accepted Middle Eastern psychology and the way of the Hindi and the oldest cultures in the world, and they all go back to the – India and Chinese and Iraq, Iran, whatever you want to say, all the stories, they all go back to stories that we told ourselves and our tribals and how we separate ourselves. But now we've gone above that consciousness, and we're not just about separating and and bringing it down into minimalism or the smallest microcosms that we can do with Hadron Collider, at CERN. Now it's all about how far can we go out to moon and Mars and further and farther. And why was all that put out there? Why is all that out there? And why are we not out there more? And maybe there are. Now they know there's planets like the Earth. They know there's people.
0: That's what we're going to discover. It's just just like the those episodes of Star Trek where they time traveled back and they ran into somebody in the sixties and they go, well, wait, they, they accidentally get um, pulled onto the ship and then they go, well, here there's this other reality and it is out there. And I think we're about to experience that level of consciousness. And, uh, and then where will you go when you can travel the stars and and where will you be, you know, when, it, when the whole universe is available to you? But that can happen anywhere, and when you do the exploration, where would you be if you could be anywhere in the universe? Well, I'm here now, right? So this is where I chose to be. So you become aware that you've always been the chooser, and you choose to be here. And you choose to be on the radio, and you choose to be talking to everybody who's listening, and Teresa, and you know, having this uh, conversation. You are the chooser, and you always have been, and always will be. But I think we need to wrap this up because first we're running is out of time. Is that a God-given like, right, Free will is that uh, a God-given right. God has given give the right to do. We we are God, and we've given ourselves the right to do uh, what we want to, although but I practice for him to do no it. harm. Harming but, other, you don't do it. But how do we go through life and not harm somebody? Because we're we're doing it's it's like a big existential crisis. You know, we we eat things, right? So we're in this body that needs to have consume something, and so uh, the very nature of existing, uh, walking this planet, on some level, we're harming, uh, you know, um, animals, plants, fish, whatever. The soil, and we have a big, huge carbon footprint. So. Oh, maybe it's all perfect in the divine plan. Oh, and, uh, some of them we need to surrender and accept. I don't know. It's a big catch-22. I, every day I, I, can, <laughs> I can. I can hurt my mind thinking about it. Go ahead. Your turn. Are we
1: interdimensional? That's something we can discuss maybe next week if you're willing to come back and talk about certain topics that are high strangeness or however you want to say it. You're the one that went to all those UFO events and know where you want to take the alienology and our ufology and UAPs well, I, and cosmology I, and consciousness. Not, you know,
0: that's time travel. And, yeah, so everybody for years at all the conferences were kind of talking about the nuts and bolts and, and humans want proof. And it's like, well, what is proof? So then you get into testimonials. Well, if you have, a well, testimonials you can convict somebody and you know even take their lives uh based on testimonials so what is proof well do we have to have dna look have at have soil samples what is proof uh, i think there's no way to prove anything really because uh in, in some way everything can be manipulated and changed especially if it involves computers because there's a programmer that can go and put the dot in a different place right and change numbers and change reality so <laughs> um at the end of the day, the answer is love, and you've got to be a good person. And uh, what is a good person? Well, I don't know. I guess we judge ourselves at the end of that rainbow. But, uh, yeah. Well, we're I, saying like we're in service we'll to others. More... Hmm? Uh,
1: I think. Say that again. I You you think, I think, therefore I feel. I think, therefore I am. So our philosophy in life is there is more to life than what we See, feel, taste, touch, think, sense emotionally, and the entertainment that we provide may be all there is to those above and the higher levels that say they've always been there watching us. And there's a lot of things that I've experienced I'd like to share with others that I've never been brave enough as a soul to share, but I feel like I've almost wasted a lot of my time by not sharing and it's time now there's enough people out there and we prayed for that and we put that out there back in 87 97 2007 with uh Roswell UFO Museum and having gatherings and there's been people out there uh Wendell Stevens and uh Bob Brown were the first i think i don't know Janet who the yeah, history of, of the UFOs
0: from out the UFO closet. I mean, we we can never determine what's real, what's fiction, what's science fiction, what's imagined. I mean, people that, that talk about the um secret space program, they mm-hmm. they say that oh, the military or her aliens, they can implant uh, thoughts and ideas in your mind. There are people that are cloned, they wake up and they have a whole history implanted of who they are. I mean when you get to that <laughs> level with some mind bottom. How can it that's real? But what I can do is the experiences that that I have. They can? Who knows? Uh, We we can all be a bunch of clones. You can be a Russian overnight. (laughs) I can come up with a Russian (laughs) accent. We watch Battlestar Galactica, the the second one. (laughs) They're they're going, oh, I'm a Cylon. No, you're a Cylon. And and it was so shocking when the person thought they were human and they bled and they could have baby. I mean, they, they, how do we know what is AI? Maybe we're all AI. Maybe everything's artificial. Maybe everything's real. You know, it's a spurious dichotomy. What is real? What is fake? I mean, order and it's chaos. made out of
1: material.
0: Order yes, and chaos. order and chaos so, um, in the
1: cosmos. We have both, and we have to
0: have friction well, to grow. i to tell aspects of our story uh, because uh, I think it is tied. Uh, TJ and I are writing our books. Uh, this is our copyright, you know, documenting here. Portal Stargate. Portal Stargate. <laughs> well, we it, called it Portal Project. Stargate.
1: I don't know. We may be writing Stargate to the cosmos, but it feels like, you know, we are energy and a light ball that is becoming it could
0: be Stargate, Stargate with Portal. Stargate. We have a working title. Um, but you and I, TJ, have been in a lot of projects that the government initiated, we are like Project Aquarius, uh, and Minerva. We haven't talked about Minerva. Minerva is the collective intelligence. Um, Highline talked about Minerva. Uh, it's a supercomputer of the earth, but maybe Minerva is a quantum computer of the universe. We don't know. But is Minerva We are she. To, she is we. So we don't the feminine feel array. Or am I with Earth? <laughs> am I Earth? Am I Gaia? Oh, my God. <laughs> Who am I? I think well, I'll be in English. Minutes.
1: You know, we, we don't speak all the languages, which is very uh, perplexing to one visiting the planet because, you know, as one levels up, uh, one can come down as an Australian or African or whatever you choose, you know, but that's... Things that we need to talk about Things we know that possibly exist on the planet But not everyone has access to that data And it's just data, you know It's all about
0: what we know (laughs) CJ, did you ever study a a second language? Yes, I did Did you ever study Spanish or or French or anything? Yes Yeah, I I couldn't master it unless I (laughs) immersed myself in a – wait, we're talking at the same time. Uh, I couldn't master a second language. I I, I only got so far. It was like there was a big block in my brain. But then when my neighbor – I moved into my neighbors who were deaf. My neighbor said, you are going to learn to do sign language. And because I lived it, within a year I was fluent in uh, American Sign Language. But when I moved away, it I disappeared. I could, I could do very little. So isn't that odd? I mean, how does that work? Well, it I learned work. as an adult, and but it was.
1: Uh, in the military, you have to know certain languages. They call it working language. In France, when I went to Canada and Germany, uh, in Lisbon and spanish but it was portuguese and then i fortunately i took an interpreter with me but when you travel and when i went to japan i had to learn a little you know, konnichiwa <laughs> but you know very little japanese i was only there for uh weapons training uh that was strange but <laughs> i had an earthquake while i was in japan yakuska <laughs> but uh you know all the travels i've had Uh, Lent itself to learning what they call a working knowledge. You can order food, you can exchange money. You know, that's about it. That you don't really need a lot because you can just point. You know, thanks to Japan, you can just point to food. You know, I think we're learning that in America now. Probably stole it from the Japanese. I don't know. It used to be made in Japan, and it was made in the Philippines, and made in India, and made in Pakistan, and made in China. You know, but we got to get back to made in USA, too. We seem to have forgotten the made in USA products. So there's tangible and intangible, folks, goods and services. And we are here as two older women sharing well, our knowledge.
0: So you used to go to the local... uh food market and, you know, buy food grown locally here. And fresh today. Yeah. Fish today, Fish today. And, and so maybe we need to get back into that a little bit more, but uh, you know, we, we're going to have a food crisis here soon because oh, of uh, war. Not, not if not we wars. don't believe wars it. Are not good Fear places. is control.
1: Not if we don't believe it. Fear is right. control. It's we it's have more than enough on level. this planet. Always you have, have you always will.
0: We need to get along with each other because we, we're in a cooperative. We get further. And we, for some reason, humanity embraces the concept of getting along, expanding civilization, and then getting mad at each other and fighting. And that's that's a major problem because it's not sustainable. Um, and so I am hoping that the, maybe we need intervention. That's why on some level it's like, well, if AI gets us to stop fighting we, and we – because we can't ever reach that escape velocity where we're in the it, Federation. You know, you, that's one of the criteria. You can't be this murderous, warlike species. So what keeps us primitive? They observed you know, World War
1: I was taught they were there observing. Uh, I don't remember me being yeah. there in World War II, but I guess I was on some level, so maybe we all were there. So maybe we're just reinventing ourselves, right. and maybe the babies we make are just us coming back over and over again. That's a theory now. There's a lot of theories, hypothetically speaking, that we didn't speak about in conversations, in communications, and Nero science, neuropsychology,
0: neuro everything. So DNA that's in us. This is DNA programming. It's like little microchips inside of us and we have the DNA of millions of our ancestors going back to the first one. So in some way we're all related to each other over and over again, six degrees of separation. And we have um we have all the DNA in each and every one of us. So Because in in ancestry, you go back to a point where you find that that you're related to uh, the same people over and over and over and over again. We're a very incestuous species, especially when you have, like, um, the British population, for example, that, uh, you know, that was their gene pool. And they just kept mating and mating and mating. You know, they didn't travel much further than, you know, because it was a horse and buggy. You could only go so far and there was only so many um, variations uh, in which to... Mix up your DNA, right? So, uh, so we have all have this DNA within us.
1: <laughs> I had experience, Janet, Pardon? I think I told you about. One of my uh, YouTubes, I have little short YouTubes. They're just shorts, folks, five, eight minutes, ten minutes. If you want to look them up under uh, ACO Club or Psychic Channel Network or TJ Morris or Teresa J. Morris. But one Janet I wanted Janet to know about is I had two guys visit me. And I wrote, I wrote it, and I was able, for a short time there, uh, Men in Black, NSCIA, whoever, Alphabet, Google, Microsoft, whoever they are out there, allowed the seven guys in Australia to make these things, uh, these great programs that we could flash out some great tubes. I mean, some great videos, okay, audio, video. It was great, you just type it up, zap. Man, I mean, I could zap it like in two minutes flat and make videos fast but i i put one of my uh visits where these two guys came down in a spacecraft in this reality i've had several where they've had big spacecrafts those coming through this galaxy but this was just a couple of guys in a little 30 by 30 and one of them had an eye open up he was uh they appeared to me as humans one had black hair uh he was uh, sort of filipino you're in, i don't know he wasn't japanese he wasn't in. Filipino somewhere Korean some you know but very nice looking and then uh, the other guy was uh, red uh, hair freckles like Irish but he when he looked at me Janet and he got down and told me to remember what I would you know get first get with you and me but I mean we were going to do this we were going to write we were going to come out we were going to be this is the time and his eye opened up. He got right down in my face, and his third eye, he really had a third eye, Janet. I kid you not. Yeah. Right over where they used to be, I strongly believe, between our eyes and right above the nose was a third eye opened up. Then said he was showing me so I would never forget. So because I was wow. in this place of denial, I guess, of not believing These extraterrestrials coming and going in my life But, you know, also, Janet, when I was working with, you know, Tom on the spacecraft And then we'd go to the 30x30 we called GUS, Galaxy Universal Shuttle And uh, you can compare me with Tompkins and my husband, which Janet's doing Because Tom could write these, uh, I'd make Janet photographs to put in our book But uh, these ships that compared to Tompkins, which I didn't know Because I'd never seen Tompkins' book but somebody on a YouTube or something at one of Bob Brown's or some mutual UFO network, and one of those Janet goes to, I never went to any of them. I wasn't allowed. I was a real investigator. <laughs> I wasn't out learning about UFOs. I was experiencing UFOs, okay? And, you know, living to tell about it and working with extraterrestrials. So people like me. There, I'm the type Richard Dolan you know, wanted to talk to interview with my husband, and my husband said, no, not till he died, you know, because I don't know. My husband was loyal to the government and just, I guess he signed a, a non disclosure for 25 years or something. I don't know. The CIA came to see him when he died. But apparently, these women that are going out 32 years, and I'm seeing them saying they were CIA analysts and all that, but I was a gumshoe. I was in the field. We worked in theaters, you know, European theater, Africa, here, you know, but we weren't allowed to work in America. So, of course, I was an independent contractor, but I was never a journalist. And after I got with my husband, I became a journalist, you know, and I wrote for newspapers and stuff. But Janet's helping me with the radio as of 10 years. This is our 10th anniversary this month for oral archived reports in ufology, alienology, cosmology, phenomenology. And Janet's been my friend in the Ascension Center organization, and she has the Ascension Center Network. She has the oldest blog, and uh, we have brands, and we help each other in cyberspace culture we're building, and we're asking everybody to help us because that is another reality out there. In between Akashic Field and in between this three-dimensional reality we still have for our, you know, (laughs) senses, and we've added the sixth sense and the seventh sense. And Janet, I'd like to invite you to look at one of my scores of talking about these extraterrestrials is you and I are like the seventh level, they said, where Janet and I have not only been five, like with Dr. Sala or with Dr. Stephen Greer, which was always a program that was set up after J. Allen Hynek. And uh, he set up a classification system, but we've accepted in alienology right. mm-hmm. those that have direct, indirect, in dreams, in subconscious, and lucid dreams. Janet and I know we have to sleep 8.5 uh, for sleep or be uh, your downtime, being a biological. But when we go off, a lot of times we don't get that full 8.5 because we're actually working at another level. Janet can you explain that level of consciousness cuz that is part of consciousness we have beta alpha theta delta gamma right. sigma and delta well,
0: or delta sigma the, the, the way that uh, I, i've um, been able to wrap my head around it is like uh, when when thoth decided to come down and become thrispor and hermes he put his original form in stasis and while the original form is in stasis it's continually receiving energy and healing and uh, maintaining itself. And, and so when you come back into your original form, it's uh, optimal, right? It's healthy. But um, when when humans like myself and TJ um, go to sleep, we often experience, we go and experience our simultaneous lives. So <laughs> I've I've been kind of cataloging and identifying my simultaneous lives and the other day, I um, when I woke up, and I, I I catalog it by reporting it to my husband. So I wake up, often just like kind of slit my eyes, and I I go pee, and then I go in, and I uh, my husband's already awake, and I but I sit in a chair, and I don't I don't look my eyes because if I look at him, it distracts me and pulls me into this reality, and he'll say, okay, what, what did you get? And so for 25 years, I've been telling him. Where I go at night. And so the other night, uh, I said, well, I went to this place. Now my mind is trying to piece together and call the the other world something, right? And, um, so I go to these cities and I, and I could map them out. And I, I know there's the part where the, where all the vendors are and there's the stores and there's the, the, the offices and there's the apartments and yada, yada, yada. So this, this one I, I, I said, well, I went back to this place I call Australia, but it's not Australia. <laughs> I went to Australia once, but it's not Australia. I just call it Australia. It's an Australian planet. <laughs> um, I, it ends with a liquor. The, planet, and, and the, 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 the best I can see is call it Australia. That's not the real name, but I'm not pulling. Sometimes I come back and I go, well, I can't get the name of the planet, but here's the song. And I will sing the yeah. the song of the planet. It wasn't it won't hurt, it'll have it's a tonal thing. So I, yeah. I go, you know, I'll, when I first came to Oahu in ninety three was the first time I went to Australia or at least I was aware that I went to Australica. Let's call it Australica. And, um yeah, and, I, and I spent a month there. And I and I said and Dorina said it was lucid like how can I be a month here? But my husband's in the other room, and and so they were – whoever was my guide or maybe it was my higher self and saying, well, you know, you're outside of time and space. So you can go be somewhere else and, and spend a lifetime there and come back and you still haven't missed a beat with your life with Sasha, right? And I said, well, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, I'm not missing a beat here. So that's why, you know, part of our uh, thing was what is time, and uh, for me living in this uh 3d reality i treat time as a currency time is the only real currency so you know do i want to spend time with you well tj and i have spent an hour and a half who spent our time with you the listeners and i hope you have enjoyed what we've talked about so that's a currency because we appear when we're born into a human form that we have an entry and exit you know an expiration date and so um, at the end of the road Uh, I want to spend my time uh, optimally, you know, and and, uh, maximize it and do the best I can while I'm in this time that's been allotted to me. So anyway, um, my conclusion is we are multidimensional simultaneously existing on many planes, levels, dimensions, uh, vibratory frequencies, and planets in many forms that if we are prejudiced against, you know, black, white, orange, yellow, pink, gray, tall, white, reptilian, you're going to find yourself being those things or or you are them or you bend been them. It, it's all linguistics, but um, we are uh, the sum total of all of our existences and everywhere we are or ever was or ever will be. So uh, love it all, love it all, embrace it all, and uh, everything's exciting and interesting and groovy we we'll use groovy back and say, groovy. It's like really cool to be a gray. I'll put an so astrolika. I re- Huh? I'll put in astralyca.
1: When TJ says what? <laughs> astralica.
0: astralica. When you said you were, when you recall being a gray, you know, and I recall being an Anunnaki and, Ariel. you know, I recall being and I, what it's like to walk in that form and be that and, and sometimes you're breathing air that's different, and you're you you know you're in a, an environment that's you you feel heavier, you feel lighter, or you have no weight at all, and um, you have no form, or you go through things, and it all it's all interesting uh, ways of being, and so love it all, embrace it all, and and uh, enjoy it all. Okay, we got to wrap up. We have five minutes, and I want to uh, leave a. 60 seconds to do my, or a minute to do my outro. What would you like to sum up, TJ? Well, the mission today was coming together
1: again as two women, one in Hawaii, one in Florida, and meeting for the Ascension Center Network to share who we are in consciousness and with AI and trying to make heads or tails of everything we're hearing out there in cyberspace culture I don't know any better way to say it than to do it with a radio show and let people comment and get back to us. So please, Janet, let's uh, tell people as time travelers, interdimensional travelers, whether you believe in them or not. Uh, We watch a lot of television shows and critique movies, and Janet told me about the man who fell from the sky on Sundays on – at least I get it. What is it? A man – to filter yeah,
0: so we'll, we'll we'll be reviewing our our favorite um uh, <laughs> um, television series whatever <laughs> sci-fi whatever i mean i watched the first lady i thought that was interesting and what was interesting and what was kind of uh so we'll do a little bit of that i like uh critiquing things um so to summarize uh my my website i have a couple of main websites i have um, Aquarian Radio. I put this up on Aquarian Radio. I have my my blog where I put things I like called Dragon at the End of Time. dot com, uh, and so you can look for more information there. What's your current Do you have a website, T.J.? What's your website? I have quite a few, but uh, I'm
1: working on SpiritualWellness.com, but no, Spirituality Wellness Start something new, but I have Cyberspace Culture, uh, I have AscensionCosmosOracles.org, and I have what's easier to remember is ACOTVP.com. It's for American Communications Online TV or Tenconics Video Productions, but ACOTVP. And uh, we've got ACO Association folks, UFO Association, and Ace Folk Life, and then Ace Metaphysical Institute. So, we've got a lot out there, and a lot of social media groups. Meet Janet and I on various Facebook groups, and they're bringing them all back together for me by my facial recognition. So uh, you can find me on TJMorrisAgency at gmail dot com. Our info at ACO. T V P like Paul Productions. A C O T V P dot com. And Janet carelesson Aquarian Radio at Gmail dot com. We like Gmail because it's free. And of course we know well, Google okay. is God and Supreme. Just
0: Janet, <laughs> Janet Lesson email. I don't have Janet Carolesson. Just Janet Lesson at oh, Gmail. Janet Lesson um, yeah. I mean, I do have the other one, but I don't ever look at it, so don't send it there. All right. I have to go. Literally, <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> okay. I'm going to sign off. My love All love right. You. I'll Aloha. play my music. Thank you play yours. See
1: you again next week. Aloha. you. bye Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Next Monday, then. Thank you, Janet. Okay. She's going to play her exit music and close out her show in Hawaii, and we will do the same over here in Beloved... Florida and the beautiful panhandle I live in Gulf Breeze uh, the Me- UFO mecca capital of the world next to Roswell <laughs> if you will uh, we claim it here there used to be signs I was told before I moved here uh, but I guess uh, some people believe they can still see UFOs I've had a couple of sightings here so I still say it is uh, I can tell the difference they don't have red and green lights on them and they're big white lights and they speed through. Are they move slow and they're not blimps? And I've seen two of them with my children. And uh, then my daughter took one of 2008 and sent me, I've got a picture on one of the back of my books and in some UFO uh, YouTubes of things that we share in our world that is our reality. And believe me, we put up with a lot of scorn, uh, even though for years I didn't have to because I wasn't a ufologist, I wasn't an alienologist, I wasn't uh, doing anything in phenomenology or working on the paranormal desk. But I adopted that once I got out 2017 officially, and now I'm just doing my hobby thing and uh, doing journalism work and writing and doing uh, developing and uh, computers and having fun, looking at how we're changing the reality in cyberspace culture. So if you'd like to join me at cyberspace culture and uh, Facebook is com, and uh, TJ Morris ET Radio and lots of other places for my key uh, trademark is TJ Morris and my service Mark ACIR. My name is Teresa Jeanette Thurmond. Morris. I married Thomas Ray Morris who is now deceased and I'm looking forward to uh, just creating with others that want to have time to share their life stories because we are the author of our own life story. So God be with you and uh, let's have peace on earth but know that everything and energy has spin up and spin down and friction and think about it. Where would we be without fire? Good night, folks. See you next week, Mondays and Fridays.